Thank you for joining me today on Good News with Twanda Black, where we're discovering some of the most inspiring trials to triumph stories and empowerment moments. Call up a friend and let them know it's time for some good news. Welcome to Good News. I'm Twanda Black, your host. We talk with people from all walks of life on this show, and we make sure that you know what's happening in the community and around the world. Get ready now. I've got another great guest for you, so stand by. Joining us this morning is Cabral Thornton, and Cabral is a social entrepreneur. Uh, He'll have to tell us what that is. Sure. And for uh, Build Justly, and this is a wonderful organization. <laughs> um, I, I, I just love the movement. I was telling um, Vicki that the, it's a movement. So this is a movement. How are you this morning? I am doing fantastic. Thank you, Tonda. How are you today? Wonderful, wonderful. Look, uh, first of all, tell us what you do and then tell us about Build Justly. Sure thing. Um, Tonda, I am a social entrepreneur, as you said. So what that really means is I'm an, a so, so, an entrepreneur with a conscience. So I try to do things that are actually both beneficial from a business point of view, but also from a um, community-oriented uh, point of view. I'm a, purpose, a person with purpose and vision. So I try to invest my time and my efforts and my money in causes, businesses, that actually make a difference in the lives. I mean, definitely, we all want to make a dollar. Um, right. But in, in addition to making that that money, um, are we doing things that leave the world in a much better position or our communities in a much better position than when we found them? So right. I try to do that as well. So I, I, I sit on the board of Build Justly. Um, so that's how I know Vicki and that's how I guess we, you and I came together this morning to talk about the work that we're doing and the movement uh, that we're doing with Build Justly. Uh, wonderful organization. Um, Dino introduced uh, me to Vicky and um, just had a great conversation about what it is that you're doing and attempting to do. I think it is going to be a wonderful movement. So talk about Build Justly. Sure, not a problem. And so Build Justly is really just focused on what we call uh, customer diversity and inclusion. So a lot of Twan, what we talk about, particularly when it comes to technology, uh, Bill Justly was started by a bunch of founders from Seattle, uh, a lot of Microsoft uh, and big tech company um, developers who recognized that the ability for technology and its impact on our world and its ever increasing impact on our world, um, that technology does not include us, uh, Twanda. It, it is not a, a scenario where when when a tech company goes out to build uh, let's call it, let's say uh, uh, technology we, we all uh, know about Cash App. Yeah. Um, the people that built Cash App were not thinking about the churches. We're not thinking about the communities. We're not thinking about the small businesses when they built Cash App. It just so happened that Cash App and the users have turned it into something that Cash App developers never thought it would be. Let's just be completely transparent about that. But they, they, they didn't build it with that in mind is what you're not saying, right? Yeah. Not, not yeah. at all. The technology is not, just to be clear, technology is built roughly for about a quarter um, of the population, meaning 
25% of the world is when, when technology is built, they're thinking about 25% of the world. And that world from their lens, for the most part, Twanda, are white and Asian men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are exceptions, but when you think globally, if you're, if you're the CEO of a large tech company, you're saying to yourself, who is our prime customer? They're not thinking about people of color, and most importantly, and most dramatically, is that technology is not built with women in mind. Oh yeah. That's your biggest user base when you think about the sheer numbers of users of technology out there, but this is not something that is happening. Um, and we know a lot of why that happens, right? You have most of our engineers and our technologists are male. That's right. White men and Asian men. So there's not even typically a woman in the room, Twanda, um, in, in, those, in those scenarios. So when we're talking about developing a technology to do some task or, or make life better. The people that are developing it are not thinking about or considering the needs of a more diverse user base. And so what happens is that people of color, women, et cetera, receive technology that is not built for their needs. However, they adopt it, they adapt, and they make it work. That's right. And, and what we're saying with Bill Justly is like, let's start from the beginning. Let's take into consideration a more diverse user because it all helps us. To the technology company, you're actually more profitable. You have more customers. You are, your ability to engage more customers. And to the users, obviously, we're looking for products and services that meet our needs where we are. And that's one of the things that we really focus on at Build Justly. Talk about how last year really brought that to the forefront uh, when the pandemic hit and the kids had to go home. Sure thing. I mean, we, let's talk about it from a couple of different perspectives, Wanda. Let's talk about it from healthcare. Let's just look yeah, at the ba yeah. bare basic minimums of, of being alive. Mm -hmm. So when the, when the vaccine first came out and even the information prior to the vaccine, a majority of the of your the ways you could get on a, a list to get a vaccine. Uh, I'm from Atlanta, Twanda. I got my vaccine at Publix. The reason I was able to do it, I had internet access. I had an email account. I was able to go on to Publix.com and fill out and get on the waiting list for a vaccine. So thinking about communities where Twanda, they don't use email regularly there isn't a computer in the home. That's right. That's they, right. they don't have internet access. So let's, let's go further back and say, forget about the vaccine. What about just the information? Right. Let's wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Sensible mm -hmm. about social distancing. We saw our communities, Twanda, in Augusta, in Woo! New Orleans, here yeah. in Atlanta, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where there was information, had it been transfer and disseminate it in a way that people could have leveraged the technology to get that information, we would have been in a potentially different situation yeah. from just a life balance point of view. Yeah. Now, so you, you mentioned earlier education. I'm a parent of three. I have three sons, uh, all under the age of eight years old. Um, I don't have three individual computers in the house in the event that I did have kids old enough to actually go to class. My youngest son is three, right? So I have kids who aren't even in, in grade school. But if you think about families who don't have those devices and who do not have internet access, and you now you're asking a student for the last, better part of the last 18 months to 24 months, depending on if they were in school the last year, to have a functional educational experience via a mobile device 
hoping that there's a mobile device in the home right. and worst case scenario, they're using it from their cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's not possible. It's just, it, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not possible. So when you look at the use cases and the value of the technology for those communities, we missed out and we've lost a lot because of the mm-hmm. fact that we don't have that technology that was built for communities that may not have the mobile devices in mind. So you have online learning that automatically assumed that you had internet access, that you had an email address. You know, um, we did see some technology that came out later that said, hey, we're not gonna make that assumption. We're gonna have static sort of, you know, situations where you can work on the work without being connected to the internet. And then when you're ready, get a connection and then log back in and then upload your work. So you did have that, but again, this goes back to why was this technology created in the first place that didn't provide the the, the, the necessary functionality that our that our that our communities needed? What I did see uh, in talking to a lot of mothers and even parents um, that had to work from home last year is that they had to share their device with their children. There were Game Boys in the house and Playstations, but not computers. Right. So um, the, the moms had to share or had to sacrifice some stuff and go out and get another device. Right, yep. Yeah. And, and, and what's, what's interesting about that is that the software that the students were using were not designed for mobile phones. So even in, in the scenario you just talked about, mm-hmm. mom could have worked on her phone if perhaps the, the uh, instructional software was compatible with a student being able to use her mobile device or her phone. So she could have been on her computer or laptop or iPhone. The student could have been on a, a, a cell phone and still have done that. And, and again, that goes back to when the software was being developed, did the engineers even consider that there may be a single mom or a home with limited device, physical devices or a home with limited internet access, right? And and that's where we're, we're talking about customer diversity and inclusion because what you really need to start having conversations about, Twanda, is that all companies in the present and the future are tech companies. Bank of America is a tech company. Um, Uber doesn't own a single car. They're a tech company. Um, you know, uh, DoorDash doesn't own a single grocery store, but they're a tech company pretty much 95% of all companies have a significant reliance on the internet and and a technological infrastructure. And so whether you are provided, you're you're doing groceries or you're doing banking or you're doing something as simple as social media, just posting pictures, it's, it's all technology enabled. And we have to have conversations around what does it mean to have digital rights? What, what does it mean to have real diversity of a company when, you know, we, we look at diversity traditionally, Twanda, as, you know, if we have a female leadership or human capital, yeah. if we have employees that are from a certain community, we have to start looking at not just diversity from a internal infrastructure point of view, but we also should look at diversity as, are they building diverse products or products that meet the needs of diverse communities? And that's what we talk about at, at Build Justin. How are they thinking about the product before, long before it hits the market? 
has the have they considered the needs? Absolutely. You know, and that's something um, I knew years ago when when internet uh, being in communications, I said, this is going to be an interesting, um, a whole interesting industry down the road because there are so many things we don't know how it affects uh, the end user, you know, what's being poured into our homes, uh, that kind of thing, but not thinking about conceptually, do they think about everybody before they build a product? That is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It, 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 it's not just amazing, but we, from communities where we have historically and traditionally not had the resources available, tend to take a product or a concept and expand it far and beyond what we what they ever thought it was. I mean, you know, it's one of, I, I, I always believe this urban legend that says, Facebook would not be what it is today if it were not for Black Planet. Okay. Because Black Planet showed the Facebook world what you could really do right. with right. building digital frameworks and networks between the students from the HBCUs and the fraternities and sororities, etc., um, from the Black churches. And so it's just, it, it goes back to how is it that we aren't thinking about this in this day and age of when we're talking about equity, when we're talking about uh, civil rights, you know, we have to significantly have conversations around, you know, policies, political policy. This is a political conversation, Twani. You talk about a movement, but it's not right. just a movement for right. a, a social movement. It's a political conversation to have. You, we, There will be no future without technology in, in our current, you know, human existence. And as a result, we have to have those tough conversations around what does it mean and types of technologies that are being put on the market, made available to communities that perhaps those technologies weren't targeted for or meant to serve. And what does that mean for the betterment, to your point earlier about health, about health care, about health awareness, about the uh, consumption of information? Uh, yeah. it, all, it all stems from, from that conversation, from that ideology. Wow. And... Not only did we see that people didn't have devices, but in some neighborhoods, they didn't even have cable. Right. They didn't even have basic right. cable last year. So, right. I mean, we knew this stuff, but it was so glaring uh, when the pandemic hit last year. And as it is going into this year, I think they've made some accommodations for our students and all of that. However, as you said, this is a political movement. And so tell, tell people how they can be involved, how they can help with this movement. Sure. So, so at Build Justice, we do a couple of things. Um, one of the things we do is we partner with local organizations. So in Georgia and across the country, we've been partnering with PCs for People, working with organizations to get actual devices into the hands of yeah. those that need it. Um, another important thing is that we're doing focus groups. We're actually paying people uh, paying people from, um, you know, diverse communities, uh, communities where English may not be the primary language spoken in the home, communities where there may be a certain level of income, saying, we want you to come and be a focus group member with corporations such as Microsoft. So Microsoft is thinking about building something. Bring in people from diverse communities to get to your point earlier about the research and development and, and the conceptual phase, get those voices heard in the conceptualization of this technology so that we're considering things like, you know, we take email addresses for granted. Not everybody has an email address. Right. Everybody actively uses email. 
Um, if you think about email is even used as your ID to even gain access to a lot of technology. You know, you can't log into your Bank of America bank account online without a username that's tied to an email address. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what happens to the what, what happens to the to the to the individual who doesn't have an email address? They don't have banking services. And so we we look at ways to to engage big tech companies uh, in their conceptual uh, conceptualization phase to okay. to get them involved in that process. We also are looking to build a rating system, and this is where really rubber meets the road, which is yes, how do yes. we shame or lack of a better term, how do we shame companies to say, hey, here's your score. You know, everybody has a FICO, everybody has credit scores. People get, people have scores on their diversity. Well, what's your score on your customer diversity inclusion? What are you really doing in a conceptual phase, your research and development phase to include non-traditional customers and communities? And so we're looking to build um, uh, a, a scoring system, a rating system, so that people are aware of the types of companies and what they're doing to engage uh, uh, diverse customers. Uh, we're also looking at technologies. We, we have access to a, a significant amount of data, data related to who has devices across the country, what zip codes, what area codes, what's, what's the behavior patterns of the technology. How do we use that and bring that to companies so that we are not just looking at external data, but internal data of companies as they're going through from conceptualization all the way to going to market of their products. Once that products hit the market, how it's being used in the market. How can we take that data so that we can provide better, more equitable technology to the communities and to the users that need it? And we really focus on that at Build Justly and looking to partner with organizations, uh, big tech companies. Uh, we're looking for folks that want to volunteer for our focus groups, you know, who want to sit in and sit for a couple of hours. We, 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 we provide, uh, we provide uh, meals, we pay people. We, in some cases, they may receive a device simply for their opinion, simply for them to come and really talk about their needs, their experience as a user, so that we can begin to make better technology uh, for the future users. That is phenomenal. I um, work in customer service and I cannot begin to tell you how many people don't have access right. to anything. Right. And so they have to call. And when they say that, of course, we can help them another way. But I'm always just amazed by that. It is elderly people, it's black and brown people. That's right. It, it, it's, it's, people that may be on the low end of the economy, um, but it's it's an amazing thing. And in this day and time, when you think that everybody has this, everybody does not. They don't, they don't, they don't. You'd be, you'd be surprised the number of people that actually have access to, to the internet. It's more likely people in the United States don't have uh, a consistent internet access than they do. That's I think right. we sometimes get caught in our urban city centers across the country uh, and we forget it but, but i tell you when we when we do realize it when we travel and we can't get phone service a lot of us have an aha moment <laughs> right where you say well, i was driving down to you know yeah what's going on? i was driving down to lagrange georgia what, what happened <laughs> you know and, and, and stuff happened and that's 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 the world we're living in um and when you talk about just community, again, technology impacts the way our communities are evolving 
and, 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 and ultimately impacts the, the livelihood of, of, of people, their ability to have that access, right. that digital vibe. And so there's a lot of work being, and so one thing I want to leave your, your viewers with, um, uh, Twan, is that there are a lot, there's a lot of work being done to say, hey, we want to close the digital divide. We just want to get people access. And, and I want to make sure that we understand that that is, that is a positive, that's a necessary step. But until we get to the point where we're saying, not only are we going to get devices and get access for all, all of our you know, citizens as a digital, as a human right, as a civil right, but we're also going to ensure that the technology that's being developed yeah. actually meets their needs, actually takes their unique circumstances into consideration, whether it's they're learning a new language, whether it's they're from a low-income neighborhood, whether they're colorblind. Right. We, we, we see it in, in, in other aspects of our society, Twanda, right? We have handicap signs, we have uh, uh, available ramps for wheelchairs, you know, in our culture, it's a normal thing. And we can normalize digital access. We can normalize customer diversity and inclusion in our culture if we work toward it and, and really push this movement forward. I love it, I love it. Um, tell people where they can go for more information. Sure, uh, we're, we're a nonprofit, uh, www.buildjustly.org. That's build, B-U-I-L-D, justly. Org. Um, we'd love to, to, to connect with organizations, community-based organizations, interested people um, who, who want to be part of this movement, and, and corporations, because we, we provide, again, we're not here to um, create um, acri uh, acrimony or negative scenarios between, you know, between the customer and, and the tech companies. We're actually here to bring these entities together in a way that's mutually beneficial for all parties involved. Absolutely. Thank you for the support, Tawanda. Absolutely. Cabral Thornton, uh, social entrepreneur with Bill Justly. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate and And we're going to be, you know, dipping in, trying to find out how we can help with this movement. So thank you so much. Thank you very much for your time. You have a great day. Take care. You too. Thanks so much for joining me for Good News. I'm Tawanda Black. And if you would like to communicate with me or be a guest, you can Log on at Twanda Black at the PG Network or good news at the PG We will see you next time for some good news. God bless you.